Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies and moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, and challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. I'm excited today because we're using our first podcast to share my journey and story of how I became the leader I am today. Well, thank you so much for tuning in again to today's podcast. This is Next Level Leader, and I speak to leaders. I'm Dr. Joseph Warren Walker III, and my assignment is to empower, to equip, and to inspire those who are reaching for the next level. We climb together today. I'm incredibly excited because I want to talk about a subject that I believe all of us are concerned about as leaders. It's really about people who operate at a different altitude who really can appreciate this conversation because many of us who are driven, who wake up driven, who are pushing toward destiny, often have a difficult time managing all the interrelated aspects of our lives. Uh, for example, some of us today are trying to figure out, you know, how do I get this on my schedule? How do I get that on my schedule? People are calling the demands and all of that. So how do you manage all of that? And then on top of that, how do you actually live in the midst of that? Have a normal life. If you're not careful, you'll end up normalizing dysfunction. And you have to, in some sense, create a routine, a regiment uh, that can allow you to function in the midst of perceived chaos in order that you might yet be productive. Many of you know my life is uh, a whirlwind. The variety of things that I'm involved in as a pastor, uh, but before that, a father, a husband, uh, you know, being present there, understanding what it means to be present in the home. Uh, investing in your family and then being a pastor and then being over a reformation and then being, you know, chairman of a HBCU board of directors, uh, being on another HBCU board at a medical school and being on the board of a bank and all those different things that I've been very humble to be a part of. But those things, obviously, uh, they pull. <laughs> when my phone rings, uh, somebody's asking for something 80% of the day. When that happens, you have to begin to make decisions. Uh, and what I've discovered is that you can't say yes to it all. One of the things that's going to be very important for you to understand is that the moment you say yes to one thing, the counterbalance is that you're saying no to something else. That in and of itself allows you to really focus in on how to manage your time and how to balance life. One of the things that I've been incredibly blessed with is uh, to be able to have walk alongside me an extraordinary woman who understands uh, what it means to navigate at this altitude. I was very, very prayerful about that when I married this woman, uh, Dr. Stephanie Hale Walker. When I uh, married her, a part of the uh, attraction, obviously, was not only how amazing she was as a person, but it was also her pedigree, not in the sense of what she had accomplished, but her her drive. You know, you need somebody alongside you who understands your drive and who's driven like you because you have to manage that. And if a person in a relationship doesn't have your level of drive, then they often view your drive as problematic. We both are driven. This woman, she is a neonatologist by training through Cornell Medical School. She's trained and taught at Harvard in the clinical medicine uh, in that area and 
it's MPH. I mean, just incredibly brilliant, bright, but here now an entrepreneur in the space. We'll talk a little about that in uh, this awesome, healthy beauty line that she's uh, such a part of, but it's a movement that's tied into something that's very dear to her. But the thing that you may not know is that she is an incredible wife, an incredible mother. And then in our tradition, uh, particularly in the African-American community, to be a first lady of a church and a first lady of the Reformation has its own set of demands. And yet she balances all of it with such grace. Uh, I have seen her operate in a management style in this house around a variety of different things we'll talk about today that have just blown my mind. So here we are, busy, busy, busy people. And we want to be very open and honest with you. We wrote a book, Becoming a Couple of Destiny, and it was about how God brought us together for purposes greater than ourselves. We encourage every person in the relationship who's thinking about marriage to get that book because it really tells our story about coming together and how God brought us together for something larger and how we had to create kind of a system uh, of managing our lives and working through it. It hasn't been foolproof. Let's be clear. We'll be very honest today about some of our challenges and some of the times we just want to run away and, <laughs> you know, but but uh, I want to welcome you. My wife, I'll call her Dr. Walker because she really is a doctor, but Dr. Steph, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Next Level Leaders uh, are listening and there are a lot of people who see what we do, some who are being introduced to you and I for the very first time and may not have any contextual awareness about what our lives look like. And I want you just to take a moment and just kind of talk about what that looks like, just from your perspective, because from a wife uh, having to see a husband move as I move and you having to do what you do at the level you do it, and then the children still come home, need to be fed, <laughs> need to be bathed, and you know, normal life things that, that parents do, you have a perspective that a lot of people may need to understand. Well, I think one of the things I want to make sure that people understand is when people look at us from the outside, it looks like everything is smooth sailing, you know, and I feel like it's important for people to understand that it took some time to get to this place. For us, it's really about progress, not perfection. Every day we're trying to do better and better and to sort of balance things better and better. I think for us, one of the things that we eventually realize with time is that the only people in our lives that are going to prioritize what we feel are those things that are important to us is us. I have seen myself, I have seen my husband being pulled in a thousand different directions. And the people who ask us to do things, they have no idea about all the other things that we have on our plate, right? And so as leaders, as parents, as spouses, you know, we have to be able to say to ourselves, what are those things that are the most important to us? What are those things that are going to ground us? What are those things that at the end of the day, you know, we, we talk about balancing, but it's really about juggling because balancing is a misnomer. You're never going to be able to do all the things equally all at the same time, right? It's about juggling. All those things that are important to you are different balls that are you're throwing up in the air at constantly at all times. You have to figure out for yourself, what are those balls that I refuse to drop? And for us, that's our family, that's our marriage, that's our relationship with God, and that's our children. And everything else has to revolve around that. And again, 
progress, not perfection. This is something that we came to. It wasn't something that we knew from the beginning. We had some missteps here and there. But now we're in this sweet spot where we understand that first we prioritize our family, our kids, our marriage, our relationship with God, and everything else revolves around that. And that's how we really schedule and prioritize our time, how we schedule and prioritize our energy. It's what helps us get up in the morning. And then getting back to the point that I was making earlier, when someone approaches you with an ask, they don't know. They're not coming from a place of malice. They're really coming from a genuine loving place asking you, can you do X, Y, and Z? And only you know those other things that you're being forced to balance. And so it's up to you to be able to say yay or nay. And so I agree with you 100% when you say, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And I think that's where people usually misstep. They feel like, and I've seen even you do this early on in our marriage, that you're the end all be all. That if you don't do it, it can't be done. If you're not present, it will all fall apart. And as leaders, our job is not just to get things done, it's to create other leaders. And so you have to allow the people around you who you've entrusted to do various things to do just that, which is their jobs. And part of that is having that faith in people. Part of that is having belief in people. Part of that is also letting go of that whole, I have to have my finger on every single thing, being a control freak, I'll call it, because I know that's something that I also battle with as well. When you have a type A personality, you want everything to be perfect. You want everything to be done the way that you would do it. You want everything to be done with excellence, right? But one thing that we've learned is in order to allow other people to do what they're supposed to do, if someone can do the same job that you could do 80%, let them do it. Because that will free you to do those other things that only you can do. And that's a time saver. That's an emotion saver. That's a mind saver. That's a family saver. That's a marriage saver. Because if you're forced to do all those things that the other people around you are being hired to do, all the people around you are asking you to do, you can't survive that way. There's no longevity in that. I've heard someone say once, it's no longer about being time efficient. It's about being energy efficient, mm. you know, because when you spend your energy and your time out with the world, when you come home. And you have nothing to give to your family and to your kids. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. How do you, you talk about the process, right? It was a process to get to that place where you're actually in the sweet spot, right? Mm -hmm. We're in this space now. And obviously it was hit or miss yeah. a lot of, you know, and one of the things I think a lot of people listening, you know, people who are in relationships who have children or people who are high level functioning CEOs or people who are working in spaces, teachers and whatever they do. Everybody has a life to deal with. How do you, when you talk about delegating responsibilities, this is critical. I always say you cannot expect what you do not inspect. Mm -hmm. um, there has to be a way in which you spend significant time pouring into people so that they actually understand how you would do a thing so yeah. that you can then release. Yeah. Because if you just say, well, I'm just going to let you do it, mm -hmm. it's going to constantly frustrate you mm -hmm. because they're never going to deliver the way in which you actually intended. So how much time, how does that process work where you actually spend that time on the front end? It may, may, it may have to be late at night, but you have to spend that time really investing into that individual so Absolutely. they have your spirit, your culture, your understanding of excellence. And then once you've done that, then you start reaping the dividends of that. No, absolutely. And I think 
for us, we have learned is that that process is very important. It happens during sort of the onboarding process. It happens during the interviewing process. It happens when you're looking for someone. One thing that we have learned is that you cannot just bring someone on board just because of their skill set. You have to bring someone on board who has the skill set, but has the heart, has the drive, has the determination, has the love of whatever that assignment is. Because you can have the skill set, but you can be a jerk. Right. <laughs> that's not going to go anywhere. Right. You can have the skill set, but not have the desire. That's not going to go anywhere. So we've learned that it has to be a combination of all those things. And that from people like ourselves who are very type A, it takes patience. And frequently we don't want to be patient, but that patience on the front end pays dividends on the back ends. That's one. And two, I think it's important for people who navigate at this level to understand that when you're working with groups, corporations, organizations, you are the zebra. You are the oddball. Frequently at this level, when we're not getting what we want from the people who are around us, we think that there's something wrong with them. And the reality is we're the ones that are different. The people that we're frequently working with are, forgive me for using this term, frequently average. There's nothing wrong with them. They might be above average, but they may not necessarily operate on a regular basis at the extreme level of excellence that we're used to or that we would expect. And you have to learn to understand that it's you that's different. So what does that translate to? That translates into, again, you being patient, you being willing to pour in, you being willing to sit down and explain and help people understand why you operate the way that you operate. Because the way that we think, this is not normal. That's why they call you the 2%, yeah. the 1%, because the 98%, that's normal. And for people like us, Sometimes, depending on how quickly we're moving or whatever our cadence and we get frustrated. But the reality is one thing that we've learned is you don't really have a right to get frustrated. You have to help people arrive or come to your level. And that doesn't happen by osmosis. Yeah. It happens by you pouring in, by you investing, by you helping to explain. And frequently people will rise to the level of their expectations once they understand and have a clear understanding of what those expectations are. So what you're saying is really a lot of folks who we're leading don't really understand really what we see, don't understand often what we're saying because we see it from a different perspective. Absolutely. I often say, you know, even though you may be in first class, you're still not in the cockpit. There is a view in the cockpit that is a perspective that yes. no one else will ever have. And you have to own that. You have to embrace that. And you have to know how to communicate data back to the fuselage, mm -hmm. back to the passengers mm -hmm. in a way that's palatable for them to understand mm -hmm. what's going on with the flight. Right. Because I remember the season, you know, where I was walking forward as a leader and I was getting increasingly and increasingly frustrated with the people around me. And I kept saying to myself, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? How come they can't see it this way? How come they can't see that? And the reality is there's nothing wrong with them. There's something wrong with me. 
And it's not that it's actually wrong, it's that we're different. And when you recognize that you're the one that's different and you own that, then you put the onus on you to adapt to the people that you are serving. And you truly go from being a leader to being a servant leader because a servant leader actually helps to cultivate more leaders. It helps to bring other people to where you are. You are those 2%. The people who are listening to this podcast, you are the 2%. And you have to figure out how can you bring the cream of the crop from that 98% up to where you are. And it takes work, it takes patience, it takes being willing to pour into people, being willing to open up, being willing to share your secrets, being willing to sit down and have real conversations and give people insight as opposed to giving people orders. Let's talk about the system, right? There's a system into this idea, and I like how you use it, that balance is a, it's really a misnomer, a myth, it's really about juggling. And I often think that juggling only happens because you touch everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a system in whether it happened organically, whether it's actually intentionally, but there is a system of operation when you're a high-level leader of how you're able to, for instance, you and I are able to sit down, look at our calendars mm-hmm. as spouses, and determine what days are off limits for business. We plan our vacation. Yes. We put our children's events on the calendar. And once we develop that system through the use of technology, you know where I am. I know where you are. We, we, we plan flights and times, departure around who dropping off the kids, when this person is going to be available. So it's really a very strategic and intentional practice. It can't be done randomly. You right. can't wake up on a day and say, okay, let's look at this. We do it in advance. And a part of that system uh, has to be a level of intentionality and focus around planning in advance every specific detail. So we, even though there are weeks we are moving like ships in the night, Mm -hmm. everything is touched. We know. So if I have a flight uh, to go to a city I planned that flight at a certain time so that I could yet get my daughter to school, drop up at the airport versus catching a five o'clock in the morning flight and throwing the whole calendar in chaos. People often don't think about that kind of system. And what I'm getting at, I want to talk about that system and I want to talk about how the organizations that you serve, the businesses that you are part of adapt to that system. Because if you don't develop a system, then they will create it for you. Yes. Right. And so it appears that now we've developed a system so people just assume now we know on this day at this time, don't schedule anything for them. Mm -hmm. Or they see a vacation, they know, don't bring an invitation to me because I'll be here or I'll be there or we have this to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, How important is it? Uh, And and let's be clear, again, it goes to next level leaders. People who are next level leaders think like this. If you're just Mm -hmm. not a next level leader, you're just going to randomly wake up every day and just and try to figure and float. <laughs> if you're a next level leader, you have to actually plan. You can't leave anything to you chance. You can't leave. We plan dinner. Mm-hmm. We plan what time. Yes. We plan what time this call, who got this. I mean, every single day it's like air traffic control. control. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Well, I think it goes back to prioritizing, right? Because especially for our schedule, because we prioritize our family, it's almost like you know, layering your favorite like seven layer dip, 
for, for all the foodies out there, right? So you put your favorite layer on first, that's our family. So we schedule everything into our calendar that has to do with our vacations and our kids and all the things that we seek to do that are fulfilling for our family. That's what we do first. And then we go by priority. Okay, so what are the things that have to get done in terms of your business? What are the things that have to get done in terms of my business? And then we go to what are the things that need to get done? And then what are those things that are fulfilling for us as individuals? Because frequently we're moving at such a pace that we're doing so much for everybody else that we forget about those things that bring us joy in life ourselves. You know, like, don't forget, like, your girls' trips. Don't forget your guys' trips. Don't forget, you know, if you like to go to, you know, NFL games or, you know, basketball games, like, make sure you you schedule that in. Because when you work hard at this level, you have to give yourself permission to play hard as well. That's the balance. Because your, your mind, your body, your emotionally, you can't keep going at a pace without having some sense of relief or without having breaks or without having things that stimulate your mind other than work. That's that's powerful. I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's all about what feeds you, right? Making so you don't lose sight of what feeds you in the midst of that system. Let me talk about this finally with you. And, and, and I really appreciate you taking the time out to share with me. I think the assumption is, you know, you're just sitting around the house with nothing to do. Pulling so you just thumbs, came right? on in. No, no, <laughs> let's talk about that. You, yeah, here you are, you know, I married you, you, you know, you're up at Harvard, you know, you're a neonatologist, you know, you're doing your thing. You come down to Nashville, Tennessee, you work at Vanderbilt in the neonatal unit, you know, you're a rock star. I mean, literally, you know, and, God has been incredibly gracious to you and yes. your training and all the things you've been able to do and touch lives. And then there's this moment where something hits you, right? There's this moment that something's larger calling you. And so you, you decide to not walk away from medicine, but from the clinical practice of medicine to retire. Yes. And now here you are in a space, not only as a, a wife, a mother, but now an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. now involved in Beauty Counter, healthy beauty, which is tied to a mission that you're very passionate about and empowering other women and making them entrepreneurs and they're seeing their dreams come to pass. You come from one very high level, stressful career, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And you retire and you take on something that you're passionate about, right? <laughs> and I know the grind. Mm-hmm. People <laughs> I, would say we're a glutton for punishment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what led to that. I tell people all the time, passion leads to purpose. Absolutely. Something drove you to that. Yeah. And let's talk about that. And let's talk about that being in alignment with with where you are and how I believe it clearly in the scripture says, the blessing of the Lord maketh one rich and adds no, no sorrow. sorrow. So yes. God would never add to us something that would stress us more out. Yes. Or stress us out more. Yes. yes. So let's talk about that. Yeah, no. So I get that question all the time. Dr. Walker, why did you retire? How could you walk away from clinical medicine? You know, um, it was probably eight years in the making. It was not a decision that happened overnight. 
Um, it was something that I definitely felt in my spirit that God was leading me to do. Um, in the hospital, you know, the grind is real. I absolutely loved what I did um, as a neonatologist working, you know, day to day with sick and, you know, um, uh, challenged infants. Um, but one thing that God spoke to me on multiple occasions was that the skill sets that I learned being in the hospital through medicine, you know, at Harvard, at Cornell, um, on the West Coast as well, those skill sets were transferable. They weren't just built for the in the hospital, but they were also built to be used in our communities, our underserved communities, where the need is real, where the health disparities were real. And I felt like I was being called to not just work on one patient at a time, but to speak to thousands about their health and their health care and their health and wellness. Um, and that's what led me to retire from clinical practice and really dig deep into the community at large. One thing that you haven't mentioned is sort of my role as the overseer of health and wellness at Mount Zion <laughs> right. as well, amongst the, all those other things and that you listed. Gospel. And <laughs> the overseer of health and wellness at Full Gospel. So that's the tr the real thing that actually led me to walk away um, from clinical practice. But in doing so, I never left medicine because that's what I do. Yeah. My whole life revolves around in terms of my outreach and my ministry revolves around health and wellness and bringing our communities up to standard in terms of health equity, in terms of health literacy. So when Beauty Counter came knocking at my door, you know, this, I really felt like this was the missing puzzle piece because Beauty Counter is a clean beauty brand. They're based out of Santa Monica, California. And their mission is to give safe products into the hands of everyone, safe personal care products. Well, why is this even important? This is important because most people, especially people in underserved communities, have no idea that there are chemicals, bad chemicals, that are frequently put into the products that we put on our skin every day. And many of those chemicals have been linked to things like cancer, infertility, um, asthma, allergies, all these other things that actually plague our communities from a health standpoint. And so when I saw my role in the community, when I saw my role as a first lady, when I saw my role as health and wellness overseer, and I see that people are paying attention and listening, this was a mission that I could not ignore because this was not anything that was being taught in our underserved communities. And I realized that this was something that I needed to add to my conversation. Um, and so that's really why and how I got started with Beauty Counter. And the other thing that I realized very quickly as I started going around the country and educating various populations was that people could actually make a living being an educator just like me. And we as a family, as a community, as a ministry are really big on economic empowerment. And so why would I basically be the only one who could benefit from educating? You know, I felt that I could actually teach other women just like I would do in the hospital, teach other doctors, residents, fellows um, to go out and educate their respective communities. And in doing so, they could earn a substantial income, a substantial living. And I went from a party of one in terms of my business to having a team of over 140 women that I help coach all over the country at this time. And I know this is technically my retirement, <laughs> <laughs> but again, being a glutton for punishment, I, you know, I never said, and God never spoke to me in terms of my retirement being lay down and chill. Yeah. You know, your retirement is frequently you shifting 
from one thing to another, yeah. still being in alignment, still walking in purpose, still making a difference, still pouring in the lives of other people and, and, and making a significant impact on those around you. That's powerful, you know, and I think that uh, you've handled it with so much grace to be able to walk in that space and to be a catalyst of change for so many women and so many people in our community who never really thought about the things we put on our body. We think about what we put in our body, but mm -hmm. nobody thinks about what we put on our body. You've got me using this stuff now. Mm -hmm. uh, man counter. I mean, I'm loving it all. <laughs> I, I, you know, soap and it's 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 truly a blessing. And, and, and I think that it's important uh, for people to understand that there's a dream in you. And just because you have this, you know, high level position, you know, some of you are on these high level jobs now, but there's something else pulling you as a passion. Yes. And you have to know when seasons and times are up and it's time to shift and you have to have the courage to do that. And here you are, you've stepped out into that area and, and you've certainly been able to balance it with an incredible amount of uh, grace. And um, I, I appreciate you and love you, as you know. And how can people connect with you? Um, beauty counter because I think that's a huge thing for some people. Some some entrepreneur right now is listening. Some person saying, you know, I'm I'm at the point in my career where I need something fresh and something new, and I, I can be a part of something with a mission like that. Mm -hmm. Just for the record, I think it's important for them to hear all over the world right now how they can connect with you or even maybe tap into some of those cool products I get. <laughs> No, absolutely. You can email me at Dr. Steph Walker, Dr. Steph S T E P H Walker, for the number four saferbeauty at gmail.com. Again, that's Dr. Steph Walker, the number four saferbeauty at gmail.com, and we can start a conversation there. Or you can visit my website at beautycounter.com forward slash Steph Walker, and you can actually learn more about this amazing mission that you know I've actually you know become an ambassador for. And you can also email me directly from that website as well. Well, there you have it. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Walker, for sharing with me today. And what are our takeaways today? You know, as we've heard this today, really about relationship balance, it's really about really relationship juggling. And I think it's important for us to be intentional about understanding the culture and climate that we set in our own lives and to be able to have systems in place that are manageable and that are, you know, actually uh, reasonable. I think we have to make decisions about uh, what's important, the prioritization of what's important in our lives to understand that if we're going to function at a high level, uh, we're going to have to learn that no is an answer. Um, I pray that you have really, really received something from this today. My wife and I have written a book. It's called Becoming a Couple of Destiny, and it is our story. We talk a lot about two people coming together from different walks of life, but how we manage this, how we make sense out of this. And it's been an evolutionary process. And don't get frustrated if you're in that place and it's not all coming together and you're like frustrated and you're running out of time. And it's just important to understand that every single thing needs to go through process. It's trial and error. You won't get an eighth day. You won't get a 25th hour. So you have to use the time that God has given to you and to be effective. And the way to do that is with a great deal of intentionality and develop a system. And once that system is developed, the institutions that you are connected to will begin to adapt to that system. Thank you for tuning in to Next Level Leader. I hope today's empowerment has been a true inspiration to you. We'll pick this up again next week. I've got something very special to share with you as we stay in this month on relationships, time, connections, you know? It's going to be a great month. Stay with me. We'll talk soon. Peace.
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.